covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Mernier. Welcoming in fans of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast, bringing you our latest episode of NAL Rebound. Zach Kyleman in here, as always, to kick things off. As we're going to have a kind of maybe maybe breakneck speed pace for this one uh just because it's one game but still plenty to discuss i think and a lot of material that will impact maybe some things you're looking forward to in next week's slate of contests that will be very vital now that we're hitting the middle point or closer to the middle point of the season and we had a lot of roster changes so we'll talk about a lot of those new roster changes in orlando as well as uh, a very good defensive performance i'll bring on in of course my uh co-host here while we're, we're at it good buddy the pal the man over there in Jacksonville, Jim Mernier. Uh, Jim, welcome aboard. Uh, I do want to say to start, uh, sorry about the Iceman. I know that was a, I know that was a very well contested series from what I understand, but hey, you know, sometimes things don't break. But otherwise, you still got the Sharks coming up into town next week. Yay. At least you get to drown that away, play, seeing them play at Vice Star Memorial against the Empire. Hey, it just makes, you know, hard fought loss by my local club here. Um, it was a fun year, and now I get to focus 100% of my energy just on the Jacksonville Sharks and the National Arena League. So it wasn't the last time I've left that building because I still have a couple more visits uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks, especially this weekend, um, which I think we're kind of us on the podcast are calling it Rivalry Weekend. Yeah, um, I think that's a good one. Yeah. So, yeah, so we got big three right potential rivalry games this weekend. Uh, so, yeah, uh, but we got to look back at last week. This is rebound uh, episode 102, week six. Uh, only one game, but, yeah, overall, it was a intriguing weekend. Kind of nice, a little afternoon action, a little matinee. Game's over. Um, the outcome was kind of different than I thought what it was going to be, but I did get the pick right. Um, you did. So, I am tied with Zach again. <laughs> Zach gets one game lead, and I come back the next week and tie it. So uh, it's fun. Week six was, you could say, chemistry ruined a lot of the things. But at the same time, one team was very prepared. So, yeah, uh, kind of hard to break down the week's action when we only have one game. Right. I mean, we'll we'll dive in a little bit deeper than that surface level because I think you're absolutely right. Um some of the elements that in my pick that I thought was going to show up for this week for Orlando mm -hmm. did not. And we're going to definitely break down a little bit as to what you and I saw on there, what the Predators can look to do. Um, also injury questions and discussion on, you know, the QB situation because Joseph Hess did go out with an injury and had to replace, be replaced with Jeffrey Legree by the end. Uh, and just talk, I think the Cobra's defense, we need, to, we need to give him a little more credit. We'll discuss all this in just a second. Let's pop up the standings really quick while we're discussing some things. So again, one game this week, but it does kind of make things a little more, as usual, we talk about muckier, um, mm -hmm. as you can tell. Not too much separation between two through seven. The Gunslingers, though, they, you know, they still keep that one game, really two game advantage over the Cobras with that tiebreaker from earlier in the year. Uh, but the Cobras, what they do here, they solidify themselves keeping right now one game presence over the rest of the middle of the pack with the Sharks and the Mustangs. The Predators sink down to seven. That's from tiebreakers in particular. Remember, they did lose the Empire earlier this year. Warbirds did beat the Empire. They haven't played, the, the Predators haven't played the Warbirds as of yet. So 
some of those things are going to be coming to fruition pretty soon. Uh, but the Preds, you know, with that negative 87 point differential, a lot of that comes from Albany in this past game. Uh, that helps sink them as well. But they're not anywhere close to out of it. Uh, clearly, we know about the talent on this roster, but as we'll dive into a second, um, they just got to get things in gear uh, a little bit sooner in a few aspects because uh, everyone else is stocking up, including the Empire just above them. Yeah, it's it's very early in the season. When you look at the standings right now, uh, one game is the separation between uh, the four seed and the seven seed. As everyone knows, as I've mentioned on this show multiple times, that the four seed is the champion of the muck and your reward is the number one seed, which we're currently is the gunslingers. And uh, the NAL did release some standings and I look at it, I get kind of aggravated because it's inaccurate. They just post it. Um, tiebreakers do fall in effect. Warbirds have a tiebreaker of the empire. Empire had the tiebreaker of the predators. People said, why? Well, what about the predators? Well, the predators fall because of the, if there was a three-way tie, the Predators would have been the Warbirds. And if that gives that case, if it's a three-way tie, like three-way, like, excuse me, speak English, Jim. Uh, if it was a three-way <laughs> tie like that, with the Predators being the Warbirds and the and Warbirds being the Empire and the Empire being the Predators, it comes down to point differential. And then Albany would be sixth or be fifth because they're plus 25. They have the better point differential. Jacksonville has the head-to-head over uh, Mustangs. That's what gets them to three over the four. Um, and, of course, how competitive this league is two games separate uh, the home field advantage and or that's a two seed and three games separate from the seven to the one so there's a lot of football to be played here week six four games in um for the fans in uh san antonio uh four and oh nice being chilled um but the cobras did keep up with you guys they are technically a game back but mathematically they're a game and a half you have that crucial tiebreaker at um, from the week one matchup. So pivotal matchup coming up in a few weeks when uh, San Antonio travels to Carolina. So um, that would be intriguing if Carolina does get that one. And then there's the tiebreaker scenarios thrown out the window. And it's just based on overall point differential after that. So intriguing standings right now to start the year, um, just seven games. And we've seen these brackets uh, change throughout weekly. Um, but mm-hmm. now I want to say the, third consecutive weekend where the top four didn't change. Uh, so right now, um, if you're if Fayetteville fans, you're you're above the line. You are the champions of the muck. Um, if you're the Warbirds, you're the out, first one outside looking in. But then again, uh, it's only week six, and there's a lot of football to be played in the National Arena League. Yeah, plenty, plenty of time. I will. My only thing I will, I, I will kind of look at on this. And, and again, it's this is kind of right now. I would almost say maybe being a little overcritic, critical on things to be worried about. But one in three, it still is possible to catch up. But if we're talking tiebreakers, you know, if you're in Orlando Predators, I'm looking at that negative eighty-seven point differential right now. Um, not saying that matters at the moment. There's still a lot of season left, but. If you are not able to make some of that point differential back, um, say the season doesn't go as we expect, and you aren't getting wins there, that could be a make or break given how the season's going. So uh, something I think to watch out for, tiebreakers to me and you are going to be vital later in the year. But stuff like this when you're getting behind the eight ball right now uh, can affect things down the line. 
Um, just got to be getting things a little bit more in order because you take losses like you did last week and, you know, earlier in the year against the Empire, that stuff does come back to bite you in close seasons like this. Yes, and we saw it two years ago when we had that almost that three-way potential tie at the end of the year where it came down to point differential to whoever entered the uh, playoffs. But Carolina that year find a way to pull it off at the very end to win the game where they would have lost. Jacksonville would have got in because their point differential was minus 17 while Carolina was like minus 34 and New Jersey was like minus 45. So the, that was the third overall tiebreaker. So it does happen. Um, but again, it's too early in the season right now. They're one and three. Yes, but they're only a game back of uh, Fayetteville. Um, and unfortunately for them, uh, for Orlando, uh, they're technically a game and a half behind Fayetteville because Fayetteville has the head-to-head tiebreaker over them right. um, so far this year. So type, that's one thing you look at the standings in any sport. Man, we're two games back, we're game back. But you remember, tiebreakers, uh, they they are the hitting number, the hidden number behind a lot of these races that uh, turn out to be the thorn in someone's playoff hopes. It's not like Major League Baseball where you have an extra game being played for a tiebreaker. Um, cause they don't do tiebreakers in major league baseball. They just play the extra game, game one sixty three. Um, but not here in NAL. It's all about tiebreak, but it's way too early to look at the playoff bracket. Um, but it's week six, we got 11 more weeks until the postseason. Um, but it will start to show, start to form. You'll start to see the teams separate from the pack and you'll see the three or four teams that will be battling for that muck position. Um, as the season progresses. Mm -hmm. Well, let's dive into this specific contest anyway. You know, we've already talked about, I think, where their standings and things are going to be affected right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, Jim, you hinted at this best as we kind of, as we pull up the highlight reel from this week. Uh, A lot of things I thought hung on, you know, you brought up in, you brought up in game day that that a lot of it hinged on, I think, the chemistry, as you talked about, the short-term turnaround. You know, they did have that a little bit over a week to get ready to go with a lot of their talent. Um, but to a lot of, but both of us also said, especially QB play was going to be massive for this contest. Can Joseph has repeat what he did against Jacksonville. And I think what I saw out of Hess, a lot of was, I think he's doing a lot with Malik Henry was doing in his beginning year in the NAL. Mm-hmm. He's looking for the deep shot, like kill shots. in a lot of these passes isn't used to get, keeping the chain just moving things that they're going to be open because there were a lot of overthrows in this contest. And I think there are a lot of risks after you wouldn't get the overthrows landing. Mike Green feasted to the, on Sunday off of interceptions and had himself a day. Um, I actually think he might end up as the defensive player of the week thanks to that performance. Uh, but a lot of it, I think, Hess trying to take a few more risks downfield, thought he could get guys like Clarence Williams who just got jacked up on that play, by the way, if you're watching the YouTube the YouTube version. Weird play call, I thought, and some weird play calls, period, throughout this one on Orlando's side. I think, I mean, how do you how do you digest this, Jim? Chemistry's big, but, you know, I think some people on stream said this best. You know, you had either you had kill shot passes, there were run attempts, which is Damon Ware we're talking about, or that very interesting trick play that, I just found that interesting that you were trying to do that on such a short term with basically half a new roster or so, maybe third to be a little less generous coming in on it. I'll give a, I'll give a leverage with a, maybe a week and a half to get ready. 
Well, week and a half, and they were trying to, you know, spark something in Orlando. Uh, one of the things I noticed in this game is, like, we look at Orlando in the past. You, you, you see Clarence Williams. You see Prince Ranola. You see Rob Jones. And the balls being, you know, as what you mentioned, diversify the portfolio. Um, this game, there was none of that. It was, where's Prince? Throw the ball to Prince. And Carolina, give them credit, they knew how to play Orlando. They're like, we just played this exact same team two weeks ago. They knew who the guy was going to get the ball. And besides the two incredible kick returns that Prince did in one or two couple of possessions during the game, Carolina shut down that whole entire offense. As I mentioned before, which – I've gotten praise from coaches when I say the Darius Prince rule. Um, Coach Fuller did the Darius Prince rule and then double downed on it. Like, Veal was everywhere. Like, Zach, the one-man band, Brown, was destroying Orlando's offensive line. I mean, uh, you're talking about the run game for the for the Cobras. The, the Cobras basically operated on turnovers, and when Malik Henry couldn't really get hot for half of this contest – we're going to run the ball, you know, deep in, in your own territory. I mean, Kevin Voiles and Zach Brown feasted on Sunday, like right. more so than you even expect out of an arena contest, just short yardage, pummeling the offensive three, three man in front of you just for some quick touchdowns when you get down there or off turnovers, you know, what, what, what was exciting about this game is how it started mm-hmm. like Jesus kick return like Darius Prince is like oh hold my beer Carolina like I'm gonna show you how everything's going to go he turns he you know returns a kick Adam Smith is like oh Darius Prince no 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 you hold my beer I'm going to show her show you Adam Smith takes it to the house and Darius Prince is like did you just call me out again let me do this again like it started off like oh this is going to be a back and forth you know an awesome affair and then it, after, I think, Dylan Barnos hit a deuce early in the game, and mm-hmm. that was it for Orlando. It was like they couldn't answer Carolina ever from then on. Then on. Um, but one thing that you look at the Carolina, I wish we had stats here. Uh, they're kind of behind giving out stats, but they will be updated pretty soon from the people I've talked to. Um, just watching the game and watching the highlights and having conversations with the people on our Discord page, Carolina's running game was superior in this game. Oh, yes. Like every time they handed the ball off to Zach Brown, he was getting three or four yards a pop, and he broke a couple in the game. And one thing I look at it, you look at any arena game, especially on Orlando's side, they have so many new key pieces that just got added to the team. It's going to take time for them to gel. And I mentioned last week that it's going to come down to the quarterback. Joseph has had an incredible game against Jacksonville. One thing about quarterbacks, I don't care what quarterback you are, when you change half their team during a week, the chemistry that they just built with those three receivers or four receivers they had on the roster goes away. Because who's back that Joseph has hasn't thrown to? Lonnie Outlaw. Who's back or who's in addition? Darius Prince. Who became MIA in the game? Rob Jones. Clarence Williams. Janola. It's going to take time and chemistry for that. But for Orlando, you're, you look again, you look at the record, they're one and three. 
Their three losses that they have so far this year have not looked so good. They have been pretty much dominated in all three losses they play uh, have in this game. Kind of mm-hmm. ironic. The one of those losses half the team, half the players are on their team now. Um, but it's still early in this game. And one thing I want to like, we can you can point many fingers to Albany what they were doing, or excuse me, with Carolina what they were doing that was aggravating. Orlando, Joseph Hess was not having the clean pocket. He was no. getting blitzed. He was getting flustered. He was running out of the pocket. Um, there was some play there. There was a play towards the game was already decided, but you can tell uh, LeGray does a little bootleg to the left and try and does a Superman to the end zone and just gets nailed. That's in the highlights, actually. The uh, it's, one uh, it about. was in the highlights. Mm-hmm. That just sums up the game. Like, it was just like Carolina came to play. They were a more prepared team because they were put together. They've, there's no major changes. The stars of Carolina shined. Adam Smith shined. Lance Evans had some great catches in this game. And, of course, the I you can say early right now, the Carolina Cobras MVP, Zach Brown, had probably his best game of his uh, of the year. He clearly was the like the motivation. And also, Malik Henry was not making dumb mistakes. He was making smart decisions. And he was nickel and dying the field because he didn't really need to do anything because Caroline's defense was getting the pivotal three and outs or four and outs, getting the pivotal turnovers where Caroline's being set up in short fields. And what Caroline was doing that Orlando wasn't, Caroline was capitalizing on touchdowns. And, or, and Orlando was not. Mm-hmm. And when you go negative three in possessions with a negative two turnover ratio – your chances of winning an arena football game are about as good as me winning the multi-billion dollar lotto. And when that ever happens, it's not going to happen. So, yeah. I, 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 th- I will call Malik Henry's day average because there were turnovers that, you know, there are a few possessions I would think around the mid-second quarter, I think was kind of where you were seeing a lot of the dis- what was going to be the make or break point for how this game would turn out because – you saw a few turnovers exchanged between both sides. Hess, had, Hess would have a pick. Malik would throw a pick. And I'm pretty certain, yes, we don't have the stats, but I am recalling at least two interceptions that Henry threw that mm-hmm. I am very much going, yeah, you got to settle down, young man. At least or it was uncharacteristic. And credit, that isn't too surprising given that the Preds do have the offensive talent. I mean, or defensive talent. I'll be honest with you, a lot of uh, – a lot of points here that the Preds gave up was just off of offensive incompetency in their own part. You know, we're talking, like I said, Mike Green's own pick six that, you know, helped sway things right out of the gate. This one actually on the screen right now. Funny enough, we're talking about like Mike Green himself was a one man wrecking crew that kind of just changed the course of how, how this one was going anyhow in the second half. And then it just kept a spiraling out of control from there. You know, defensively, the, the Preds, those pieces worked out really well. That's not the problem side. You got to get everything going on the opposite side with a quarterback question now, I think even more so because, as we saw, Joseph Hess knocked out of the game second half. Jeffrey Legri, not much, you know, he's back up right now for a reason in Orlando. He definitely needs a little bit of time. Status of Hess is in question, and I do wonder, you know, if the Preds are very much transaction happy right now. I mean, do you look again at the free agency free agency to go for another option? Cause you have all these weapons, but you do need someone that I think is a little more 
let's just say he's been around the block a little more than I think the two options that might be currently available. Well, they can because it's the arena games going to happen. Uh, we've seen it just recently happen just a couple of days ago with the team with Orlando. Um, but I think you need it. Joseph Hess is a good quarterback. He had a great game against Jacksonville and he's learning. I just think with the, just the, all the new additions on the team just messed up team chemistry and that would take time to build. They got a week, two weeks. They got a bye week this week. So they got two weeks until they take West Texas on back home in Amway. Um, if Hess is healthy, I say stick with him for one more week and see how he is. And if he, Goes out against West Texas and puts up a performance like he did against Jacksonville. I think he's fine. If he puts goes out there and does a performance like he did against Carolina and the game against uh, Albany a couple weeks ago, then yes, I think they may have to go to the free agent market of trying to find them uh, an addition. Um, but one of the greatest comments I've heard about, not greatest, but one of the comments I heard this weekend about this game um, sums up some of the greatest teams that we've ever seen assembled in professional sports, like the Lakers back in 2010, where they had Gary Payton and Carl Malone with Kobe and Shaq. People say, Oh, this is going to be an unstoppable team. And what happened? They struggled most of the year, finally got hot at the end, made the playoffs. So I see that vividly is going to happen to this team. And you see that a lot of teams in the NFL who have superstar lineups, they just they're very sluggish when they first get it together, and as the season progresses, they'll get better and better. For instance, I think Orlando in about five weeks' time, we won't have a different conversation about them because I think they'll be more gel and more gel. I think they'll be better. Uh, honestly, I think Hess is still their guy. Uh, he is a promising quarterback. I, I like what he did does. Uh, he just had a bad game and that goes to the credit to the Cobras and the statement they made this weekend um, to the national arena league and to um, the Orlando Predators. And the first thing is, is to go on the side of the Cobras. Uh, they're three and one and their only loss is by one point to the undefeated uh, San Antonio gunslingers. I think Orlando made a statement this weekend or, or excuse me, Carolina made a statement this weekend. Like, we're just as good as uh, San Antonio. We want our rematch against San Antonio because right now, based on the games we have seen, Carolina and San Antonio are 1A, 1B. Because most of the people I've seen in the Pickums this weekend pick that Orlando's going to go in here and walk away or win this game. Carolina shut up a lot of people this weekend by that poor performance. And the question is, do they belong in the same conversation with the San Antonio gunslingers at this point this year? I mean, I think that they're in the same vein because of the fact that right now you're having both sides of the ball play at a consistently high, all three phases actually, I'm both because TC Stevens has been right now. One of the elite kickers in this league um, is a vital weapon you know, maybe didn't have as much of an impact with this one, but, you know, was really getting it off the nets and was causing some problems for, you know, at least it makes the returns a little more challenging mm -hmm. for those guys to bounce it off, to get a bar ball. You know, that stuff did happen during this game. So, you know, I, I think that right now you do put them up there with the gunslingers. You, 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 it's a two-point loss that they had week one with a roster that 
had a different starting quarterback to kind of lead things off. Um, and I think they, and also the fact that Zach Brown wasn't playing week one, they read, they've been retooling it where the more he's gotten involved in the, the gameplay, the more he's been getting back to his normal self. Uh, this one, I think like you're talking breakout game for him, even more so than it usually is as a runner. And that's what you need to see. You know, I think like I said, Malik Henry, he's a good fit for this offense too. him and fuller know exactly what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, just got to calm down on the turnovers, but defensively the the cobras can keep up with anyone right now in the nal um and they they deservedly so are three and one for very right. much reason you know i absolutely has been great performances uh you know james fuller's done a great job with that roster even with some of the losses they've had to either other teams or other leagues um they're still kicking and they're still right in the thick of it just like last year uh it's a winning program for a reason and james fuller is a winning coach for a very good reason <laughs> That's perfect statement right there about Car- Caroline has been like we talked on on our Discord page. Uh, if you guys Discord uh, join, uh, conversations are pretty civil at times, <laughs> uh, unless you go hashtag Phil said it first, and uh, we understand. <laughs> uh, Carolina this year has you know they barely escaped West Texas, then we realized West Texas has been proven as a team. They, you know, suffered at the loss to San Antonio, but they were there last play, two-point conversion right there would have tied the game. They're, they've been in the games. And the games that they have won, except for the West Texas, they have won pretty impressively. Um, but one thing uh, you look at or uh, Carolina is this whole week, the buzz was about Orlando, about the additions of Nick Hag. Uh, Darius Prince, Brandon Cisse, Dwayne Hollis, and no one was talking about Carolina. Carolina took care of business. They came at his game and did what they had to do, secure their home field, win the game, and like the good saying goes, get the win when you can. It's not easy to win football games in any league, and they did that. Uh, This weekend, they're traveling to Fayetteville, um, which could be a pseudo rivalry week for the league and a possibly separation weekend too, as the top tier teams are playing the lower tier teams in the league. So we could possibly see some little separation, but I think yeah. it's a statement win for Carolina and coach Fuller um, because Carolines now is showing that they can win consistent uh, this is now back-to-back years that they're showing that they could be a consistent winner. And you're you're telling me that they're a two-point conversion away being undefeated, and we're talking about a 4-0 Cobra team. They're right. a very solid team. They're healthy, and they got stars all over that secondary. Um, Adam Smith is becoming um, their go-to guy. Zach Brown is, a, in my opinion, the one-man band He's the heart and soul of that team. Malik is is day and night compared to last year. They have a solid team. Um, I the next week's game against Fayetteville is going to be just as entertaining, in my opinion. Um, that's going to be the Friday night game uh, in the NAL yeah, and Friday night game, right? How, yeah, <laughs> that's rare, a little right? weird for us, but yeah, <laughs> uh, a Friday night game. So. They are the game of the week. Uh, Carolina at Favel is the inside the walls game of the week. And basically Friday's episode will be like a pregame show because the last 
the the very last team's game will break down is that game. So we'll be basically you can listen to us and go in the pregame there and listen to uh, to watch the game. So uh, again, the final score in of uh, Carolina, Carolina fifty eight, uh, Orlando thirty two. Um, that's week six in a nutshell. Uh, yeah, it's very it's very intriguing. Um, that we saw this game. We wish we can give you numbers and stats. Um, that's what we get the highlight reel. But yeah, overall, overall, the observation of this week for me is team chemistry dooms the Predators and the Carolina and Cobras made a bold statement to leagues like, hey, why not us? Um, do I think Orlando is down and out? No. They're going to get better as the season progresses. I think I'm one saying I'm going to give, basically give you a guarantee three weeks before the postseason, like week 14 of the year, we're going to have such a bottleneck in the top five of teams trying to make the playoffs. That's going to come down to the very last week um, for all four teams. And I think Orlando would be one of those teams in the mix. Still early, but that's my observation. I think they'll build chemistry as the season progresses. They'll get better. Um, they need to find uh, Prince Shinola and – Clarence Williams and Lonnie Outlaw and Rob Jones in their offense. They got a lot of so many weapons to diversify the portfolio, as Zach will say. And I think they'll be <laughs> they'll be fine. Uh, I think they well they got eight more games on the schedule as they have twelve, same as uh San Antonio. Um, right now, if I was Orlando, try to get the five hundred six and six. Could get you in the postseason seven and five, I think can. So find a way in the next eight games, win six of the eight, uh, and you'll be right in the mix of things, in my opinion. Yep, pretty much. Uh, big week ahead though for the NAL. I think really big week. You know, again for uh, really all over the all over the place, but especially I think Carolina Rumble there um, mm-hmm. that's coming up uh, the, or the battle for the Carolinas. I forget which one all the time. We we seem to switch. We, it. We did the Carolina Rumble, the Fayetteville um, and Carolina thing. They're going to do the Battle of the Carolinas, uh, which is okay, in my opinion. One or the other. One of them will win out eventually. We're going to call it the Carolina Rumble um, right now for these two. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a vital it's a vital game, vital game. I think, right now in this time frame of the year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'll talk a little more at length. First like, three. Yeah, first of three matchups. So, yeah, very vital. Uh, but yeah, the Cobras, you know, like I said, they get to come in. Do they solidify themselves as a two seed if, if they can get a win at home? Does Fayetteville get a win at home? That's a thing I think that's a big question. They are uh, currently road warriors. They're still looking to win in front of their home audience. Sure. <laughs> well, this this upcoming weekend, we have three big matchups. And um, like I said, it's a pseudo rivalry week for us. Uh, you got the Carolina Rumble between Carolina and uh, Fayetteville and Fayetteville on Friday night. You have the Clash of the Empires where the Empire travel to the Jacksonville Sharks on Saturday night. And then you have the tech, the battle in Texas between San Antonio and West Texas. So, yeah, we got some three in- intriguing. And if you look at the standings, the top three teams are playing the teams in the lower bracket. If Jacksonville, Carolina, and San Antonio win, they're creating that separation that we like to call Separation Sunday or Separation Weekend. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's going to be some intriguing storylines again. Watch transactions, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to have some interesting transactions that'll pop up um, throughout the week. 
uh, because it's nothing interesting about arena football without interesting transactions um, that just like, oh, that's going to change everything. Um, they're going to have some players return here in a couple of weeks that will bolster some certain teams in the league. Yep. And it's going to be exciting. But um, again, um, week seven is this week and starts Friday night. So our Friday podcast will be a preseason or a pregame uh, type of episode. But before might, might we have to leave, drop that one earlier on Friday than we usually do. <laughs> Just to get that one out for a few more hours for you folks out there. Yes. <laughs> um, before we leave, uh, yesterday, or this past Sunday, was Mother's Day. So yeah. I want to say belated happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers out there um, and to the players' mothers out there. Uh, remember, Sunday was their day. So happy belated uh, Mother's Day to the mothers out there, uh, especially to our listeners and fans as well hopefully you spent time with your mothers and um gave them all the attention um because without them we won't be here um without them we won't be covering the game that we are so happy mother's day to all the mothers out there yes i know my (laughs) camera just decided to to derp out for a second no uh yes happy happy way to mother's day um i'm glad i got to give a call to my mom i'm Obviously, me living out across the country doesn't help, but, you know, I did get to catch up with her, and, you know, she she has a tradition every year, Mother's Day, they go, and her and my dad and my my brother, uh, they go and pick up a bunch of plants. They start the uh, planting season, put a lot of new flowers, bushes around in the house that they want, vegetable gardens, they restock those, so that's generally what they do. Uh, every Mother's Day, that is her one thing she wants to do, spend time with the family and uh, beautify the uh, beautify the yard. Uh, you, uh, what did you do? What did your mom do for Mother's Day, Jim? Or did you? Uh, how'd you celebrate with her? Well, uh, unfortunately, my mother's not with me anymore. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to bring it, that it's up. All, it's all right. Um, but we had a, we have a family tradition on Mother's Day, and we continue it with my sister, uh, with her kids. Is that um, basically mamas don't do jack crap on Mother's Day? They sit down and chill, and the men of the house do everything Mm -hmm. um we may mess up everything but we'll try this year we did good Uh, we didn't mess up anything there you go um um because we did it at the ever we basically did at the end of the day ever like everyone family was so busy in the early part of the day uh so we all at the end of the day we got together um spent time with my sister uh it was pretty fun um, we kind of did a funny joke. Um, my sister cannot stand key lime pie. It was just like, okay, she okay. wants, let's, let's get some, uh, let, uh, let's get some pies. She cannot stand. No lemon meringue pie, not key lime lemon meringue pie. Okay. Okay. And <laughs> she can't stand that. And she's like, you guys bring some pies over. I'm like, okay. And I intentionally bought a lemon meringue pie. Knowing yeah. she doesn't like it, I was like, I'm gonna have this all by myself. Oh. I was, I was getting my country accent, getting a little, and like, I'm gonna get some, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but I also, I did, I had an apple pie just for her. Um, went to Costco. I didn't realize. Uh, to the fans out there and the listeners out there, next time, message Jim. Do not go to Costco and get their apple pie, uh, because that thing's a size, dude. That thing's the size of the freaking arena here in Jacksonville. It's huge. I'm gonna go buy the apple pie. I'm like. This can feed about 45 people. 
Um, but not the key lime. Oh, uh, the lemon pie. Lemon pie was small. And she, funny, she goes, you bring the pie? I'm like, here, brought the lemon pie pie. And she looked at me with a deaf stare. Like, she was like, mm, she'd be like, mm -mm. if mom saw you do this, she'll whip you. Like, um, mom would have said, thank you for the pie. Wouldn't have said anything. And she goes, will you like that? I was like, yes, mom, I would, I would like that. Um, and she goes, I ain't eating this. So, long story short, um, I kind of ticked off my sister, but it was kind of a prank the whole time. Uh, she was aggravated. Then I went back in the uh, car, which we had a cooler, and brought the apple pie back. And she goes, you're just like your dad. <laughs> I was like, you mean just like our dad? Yeah, yeah. Uh, family tradition keeps on continuing. So, yeah, I was a good day with family and friends and um, family, a couple of friends, their friends. But it was fun. But, yeah, um, again, to the families out, to the mothers that are not with us today or now, um, continue your traditions. We did it. We continued to our assist my sisters. So, um, and I got myself a lemon rank pie. No one touched it. It was just me. I'm so happy. Still <laughs> in the fridge. I'm glad Look at that you. may come back and bite me in the back, back in the neck, but I don't care. I got it. Just, you know, <laughs> ease into it. <laughs> enjoy yeah. it. Enjoy it as you can a little bit by bit. Uh, it's expensive, you, so I'm going to eat the whole dang thing. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. Hey, I I would be mad if you threw that away. Yes. I, I'd be I'd be waiting till next show. You said, yeah, I had to throw that. I had to throw the pie out. No, you finish it. <laughs> finish that pie. No, let it rain no. solid. It's a, it's a good it's a good tier pie. Although you start with key lime, so you got me all hyped up because I love key lime. I was oh, about I like to key really, lime. I like key I was about lime. to really rip. I was about to rip in your sister. Be like, how do you hate key lime pie? Key lime, lemon ring, pecan, apple. Blueberry, strawberry, and um, there's another one out there that's famous on. Well, I love uh, rhubarb. Rhubarb's one of my rhubarb, favorites. Rhubarb, there we go. Mm -hmm. There, I was like, there's another one that's, I forgot, but yes. Uh, see, I, I'm a big dude, so I can't deny free food sometimes. And Thanksgiving, there's a lot of pie and cakes. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to eat that, but yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, Glad, glad you, glad you and I got at least to uh, enjoy Mother's Day in our own separate ways there, and to you know either I got to uh, honor, my sister, which is well, yeah, e well, yeah, either Mother's Day in your own sep in your own separate way, or you know, make sure you, if you didn't already, and if you're late for Mother's Day, hey, say hi to them it's now because Father's uh, Day. Now, yeah, now Father's Day coming around the corner. Yeah, <laughs> so Father's Day already took four hundred dollars out. Hope he's not watching. Yes, Dad, you got your golf trip. <laughs> 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 my dad's gonna be like hey uh we can just make more ribs that'll be great at least that's what he'll do because uh he for mother's day that's another thing he did and then i'll i'm done after this um is, uh, he he sends me a photo and you know he's not he's he's like saying hey happy say happy mother's day of course to your grandmas if you do and i did and he he had sent one to my grandmother about a shirt he had that said mom's favorite and i guess he when I moved, I left a rack of ribs in the freezer back at my old place. And I just, I, my brother and I were living there. So like, here, you can have the ribs. He mm -hmm. never made them. And so my dad's like, Hey, thanks for the ribs. He like sent me that. I'm like, while I'm sitting at my house, I'm like, when the hell they give you ribs? And I'm like, <laughs> I spent like at least 30 <laughs> minutes kind of thinking about like, when the hell did I buy him meat <laughs> to cook? And then it did that, I did that, that, did that two years ago. I bought the Omaha uh, beef you know oh the, you got the fancy omaha steaks stuff omaha steaks yeah and i said i was like two three years ago and i remember going uh going back home like 
months after everything. I go open the fridge or my, uh, the freezer. I'm like, why is it still in here? He goes, beef will last forever. I'm like, I bought this for you. He goes, you look at this. And I open up a front, the, the chest freezer. I'm like, well, in case, in case of a zombie apocalypse, we're good for food for nine months at my dad's house. So, yeah, it's just steaks galore, ribs galore, chicken. Where's my Omaha stuff? Up there. I was, I was like, thanks, Dad. Great. It's the reserve of the reserve. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, it. Family sometimes. <laughs> Family. Man, they go, what about you? Everything's eight. You don't spare it? Nope. Nope, how I nope. am. If I don't eat it now, it's going to go bad. Nope. Uh-uh-uh. No, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm the same way as you. That's how <laughs> I am. I, I run through it. I got, I got, I, I actually went grocery shopping. I'm like, I'm running low on like everything. And I mean, like, we're talking like if the protein's gone from the freezer too, then yeah, we're, we're in trouble. We're running out of like everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm hunting down condiments for snacks. That's a problem. <laughs> Ketchup's looking mighty tasty right now. Let me get inflation bad this day, man. <laughs> I can't even get Heinz ketchup now. I'm getting these little fancy ketchups from Hot Walk, China restaurant. But yeah, you got Taco Bell seasoning packets. <laughs> yeah, can you give me like that whole box? <laughs> just just gotta take all of it. <laughs> Let's let these guys go. I'm, I'm out. We I'm can out. go out. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> for more hijinks and fun, catch us, of course, on our next episode for NAL Game Day Week 7 edition, as it's going to be a lot more of a hectic week. Yes, we will have more than one game this week. Don't worry. You'll get more of that fun arena football action this coming weekend, and we'll bring all the hijinks and things for you in a show that I think will drop a little earlier this time, of course, but you'll still get to watch it before the game on Friday night, so stay tuned for that. Um, also, of course, follow us at Walls Pod on your favorite social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. We're on it. Check us out. I'm getting a lot of good, getting a lot of new Twitter followers as of late. I'm really, I'm loving, loving the traction we got going so far. It's been nice. Mm-hmm. Been really nice. And hey, if you haven't done it already, follow the NAL social accounts. Again, we've been giving praise lately. They've been cranking up those social media postings. You might want to keep track now. It's uh, been a lot better so far through six weeks of the season. And it's only going to get better from what we've able to tell behind the scenes. So yes. stay tuned to that very much as soon as possible. We'll catch you later this week for NAL Game Day Week 7 edition. See you on the other side, everyone. Covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim 